Welcome to My Broadband. We are talking what's next in security. And uh, we're going to be talking to Tabiso Hlatswayo, who's the Solutions Consulting Manager at Open Text Africa. And, uh, you know, Tabiso is, uh, he leads this team of experienced uh, solutions consultants who are basically responsible for the design of multifaceted technology solutions for clients across Africa. I got that right, Tabiso. It's quite a, a, a complicated role. What is it exactly that you do if I to meet you in the street? Uh, uh, very, very uh, um, lovely to be here, Aki. Uh, thank you so much. And um, yeah, look, um, what, what we do generally is we support the selling arm of the business. Um, right. We bring in, because of um, the solutions that we, we, we bring forward to our customers, there's a lot of technicalities involved. And right. um, my team supports the technical layer of the sales side, sales side of the organization. Now, of course, we'll also facilitate the transfer of that conversation over to our implementation team because we've, we've now sold a whole lot of complicated things or um, solutions and the team needs to see through. So we uh-huh. sort of play that middle layer um, in the organization. Well, listen, we, we're certainly living in a very crazy world at the moment, aren't we? You look at COVID. I mean, here we are doing this interview remotely. You're in another location. I'm at another location. There are still millions of people around the world still under lockdown working remotely, and it's really changed how we do business. And I keep telling people that security has been the Achilles heel of this, security and the vulnerabilities that surround you know, the working from home. And I was actually talking to somebody the other day. We were talking about backup and recovery. And if we are working now in the cloud and we're doing everything in the cloud, why on earth do we still need to do backup and recovery despite the fact that we've got stuff in the cloud. Surely it's backed up and it's there and secure. Why do we still need backup and recovery? Very good question, Aki. And, um, you know, I'll just take a moment to try and explain by using some subtle examples that you you probably have heard of a few times because we have this conversation with customers quite frequently. So let's pick on an application that's online today. Microsoft, you know, Microsoft um, 365. This is an online-based application. Now, um, most people are under the misconception that um, Microsoft handles all of the spec up that you need um, should anything ever hit you. But in reality, um, Microsoft themselves recommend that you have over and above the, the initial layer of security that they're providing you from a backup perspective. They recommend that you have a third-party backup tool to assist you. Um, and the, 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 the statement goes uh, something like, in the event of a, uh, an outage, um, we may not be able to retrieve your data. You know, so um, that's the one area, um, basically. Then um, I, I, I jump on to, to reasons why people still need to ensure that they do their own backup. So first of all, sticking to the Microsoft story is that um, there is a couple of policies in place um, that they have around their backup plans. So um, in other words, they keep, for example, your data um, that has been backed up by them for a short duration of time. So over and above this, you need to take care of yourself. Um, there is a level of granularity that is required when you're doing these backups. And um, um, the level at which Microsoft is covering the backup layer, um, it's not at the level that you would need um, in order for you to restore yourself back to a working state um, should something occur to you. And then, of course, the idea is Microsoft focuses on having their solutions um, available 24-7, that's their main mandate. 
it's not their main focus to ensure that backups are being done for you. So this is something that you have to take care of yourself. These are just some of the examples and nuances that you need to look into when you're considering backup, even when you're working from an online perspective. Well, listen, we're in 2020, and I'm still seeing many organizations making these kinds of mistakes. I mean, there's an idiom that uh, you can't close the barn door after the horse has already bolted. Um, are you still seeing companies uh, trying to prevent and rectify these problems that we are specifically talking about? I've seen certainly many examples like this. Absolutely. And, um, you know, Aki, to best answer your question um, around what we're seeing out here, I'll give you a couple of examples that have transpired. Yeah. You can find this information on the internet right now. Um, Experian, I think it was in August that mm. they got hit uh, a breach, you know, a hack into their systems. And um, it was reported that some 24 million records were actually affected from this hit. Now, yeah. this, is, this is an example of what happens when you try to chase a problem once it's already come into the organization of such. Um, the consequences of this breach is, first of all, you're now facing impersonators. These are people who will pose as uh, one of the 24 million records in dealing with other institutions. Um, this means that suddenly you've got people who are able to get loans, credit checks, credit things done, etc., on behalf of somebody else. And there's no way for that particular institution to know that this is truly not Aki that we're dealing with at this point because of this personal and sensitive information that would have been shared. There's also an issue of reputational damage. Um, this is something you might never ever be able to recover from. So if you think of Experian, they provide credit checks facilities from our large um, financial sectors, the banks, um, some financial houses, etc. Now, yes. if I'm sitting in a financial sector and I have to choose a partner to provide this service for me, following this type of an incident, I would really um, need some convincing to go with somebody like an experience to continue doing business with them. So the reputational damage is almost irreversible as a result. And then finally, there is legal implications. Now, it was the 1st of July that the government announced um, the release and um, the chase um, um, of compliance from a poppy perspective. Yeah. Uh, this automatically tells you that uh, um, there is a steep conversation that's, that's about to take off in the next 365 days as of the 1st of July with all organizations ensuring that the protection of personal information is taken seriously. So with all of these things said, you can imagine the type of exposure you have once you let the gate open and you have something hit your network before. So basically what we're seeing since um, 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 uh, the increase of these uh, uh, people working from home is there's a need for organizations to, to, to have a strong investigative tool um, yeah. to support them once it has hit them. You know? So Experian right now is trying to find where the problem came from, how it came about, and how they can fix it going forward. So this, these are investigative tools, which are part of the security armory that you need to maintain as a result. But we're also seeing organizations move towards a single source vendor that can provide all of these areas of protection for them to ensure that they've got one, one throat choke as a result. So um, these are the typical trends that we've seen um, since these types of situation. It's very interesting. And I'll tell you, I'm petrified of Popey because, I mean, the responsibility and the onus lies right at the top of the organization. And uh, if you get it wrong and there's a lapse like this, uh, the fines are enormous. And we're talking about criminal records. You don't want to get into that kind of space. 
But OpenText as a company is quite interesting. You guys bought in December, if I'm not mistaken, you bought a company called uh, Carbonite and uh, Webroot, for example, very much in the in the cyber resilience space. Now we hear a lot about the server, this the, the 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 terminology cyber resilience. You've kind of touched on it now. What exactly is cyber res resilience? Fantastic, Aki. That's a very good question, and this Fantastic. is one of our. Uh, yeah, this is one of the motors we live by at um, at, at, at OpenText. Indeed, um, following the acquisition, um, this is uh, one of the things that we've been focusing on with most of our customers. Um, and maybe to answer your question, I'll start with um, at least just explaining the definition of, of cyber re resilience. You mean, yes. the, the, the refers to the ability to continuously deliver um, the intended outcome of your organization, um, no matter the cyber threat that has hit you, you know? That's what the, 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 the message is about. It's your ability to continue to do business. Um, if, 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 if I take this into context, Akin, um, one of the days where, you know, cybersecurity was just around you protecting the perimeters of your organization, you know, um, making sure that you're protecting what's within your firewall because um, of the very same of COVID and um, the increase in people working from home. Um, nowadays, you have to consider protection within your perimeters. You have to consider protection outside of your firewall perimeters. Um, but you have to consider protection across your applications and operating systems, as well as your physical hardware. So because of these things, we, we, we seeing a rise in, in, in focus on security. So if you think of cyber resilience, think of um, your organization's digital fitness. You know, I, I go to gym. And um, I'm using this as an as an analogy for you to see. No, you that to your, you cycle to your... as well. You cycle as well, and you're making exactly. all of us, making all of us who didn't go to gym during lockdown look stupid right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you need to beef up your security, Aki. Um, so uh, you know, if you consider fitness, you know, the, the, there's multiple assets to it. There's your diet. There's your exercise. There's a need for you to rest, etc. Just yes. like a, a network. In ensure that you're covering all of these bases. Otherwise, um, um, the, 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 the whole concept of what you're going through is not going to fly. You know, yeah. one loophole is enough to, to basically knock you off the ground. Now, finally, if, if, if I'm closing with regards to this, um, if we look at the fact that as open text, we aim to strengthen um, the, the, the resilience of the organization by offering um, a whole layer layers of security for an organization, both stemming from protection of their endpoint devices from the end user state perspective, as well as helping them recover the data should anything happen, um, uh, God forbid, to their data. And um, we've seen this with organizations all over the world. We're working with open text themselves directly have um, implemented the solution. But we've also seen this, for example, with one of the large um, motor car manufacturers in America we've also gone with a similar approach. Yeah. No, I mean, it's fascinating, you know, because when you look at it, I, I like the way you put it in as layers because we really are operating very differently to what we were pre-March, right? So you need to beef up and you need to add those different layers to make sure that you're covered. Otherwise, you're, you're in big trouble. And, and it's really quite evident. I mean, the timing of these acquisitions couldn't have been better. In December, uh, when you bought these two companies, look what's happened since then. Um, and, you know, 
talking to many security uh, experts, every single person will tell you the, the Achilles heel of working from home and this new way of working globally because of COVID-19 is security. And um, you just have to look at the amount of phishing attacks that are taking place, the amount of ransomware attacks that are taking place, the amount of hospitals that have been hit by ransomware attacks. Uh, does this kind of correlate with what you're seeing in a sharp increase of these kind of attacks since we've seen COVID-19 increase and in you know, people working remotely, et cetera? Uh, a brilliant question, Aki, and um, I'm going to echo on some of these examples that you've used. I mean, um, with people spending more time at home, we've seen an influx in um, them um, engaging with the streaming services, um, um, the likes of the Netflix and the YouTubes, etc. Um, and they're doing this using their work um, um, or corporate devices like your laptops, your iPads, etc. Now, right. um, I'm dig into a couple of statistics to give you just how astronomical um, this impact has been since um, uh, March. Um, in March alone, the phishing targets that have hit our famous YouTube streaming service are well over 3,000%, Aki. This wow. is a real statistic that we've been tracking, um, and that's how we're able to report on it. And if I look at another popular streaming service, um, Netflix, we've seen that the phishing attempts between March and July alone have gone up 640%. So um, it tells you that there is numerous attacks that are being, uh, um, um, being launched against these organizations. Um, and so people need to be extremely cautious. Now, if I bring it home, um, recently it was in um, October that we, we, we heard that the city of Joburg, COJ, was hacked by a group of um, people called um, shadow kill hackers who actually were holding ransom the information and basically wanted to um, um, for this for COJ to pay a fine um, in a form of Bitcoin in order to release this information. Now, what did this do to COJ specifically? It's all over the news. Um, um, COJ had to shut down the systems um, globally for 24 hours. Now, this is a big challenge for for any organization. You have to shut down your systems for a duration of so many hours. So that's the trend. So basically, yeah. Akin, um, again, the idea is for organizations to consolidate their backup plans and to ensure that their collaboration um, um, strategies, you know, they still need to communicate while yeah. they're at home um, with the to make sure that they're doing this on a secure platform. And typically, you want to have a single vendor providing this for you. Talk to me about business continuity, because business continuity is a very interesting thing. Once you get hit, you've got to be able to pick up the pieces, do the damage control, etc., and the business needs to continue. Now, with a backdrop of COVID-19 and people working remotely and some people working in the office and you've got people all over the place, how does this impact business continuity in, you know, with the backdrop of what we're talking about? Has anything changed with business continuity? Well, um, certainly, Aki. Uh, I'll say starting off with um, um, just looking at our country, 59% increase in um, people working from home. So certainly this is going to impact business con continuity heavily. Um, the need to protect those uh, employees from wherever they're connecting from has increased. Um, 
And what, what we're telling organization, I mean, this is not a new concept, business, business continuity. It's something that's been there forever, except yes. now uh, being hit from different angles because of COVID-19 and working from home. So what um, um, we're seeing today and what we're asking for organizations to prepare themselves in, the, in response to all of this is to ensure that they take probably the following four major steps. Number one, ensure that you update your software regularly. Um, update your systems regularly. The fact that organizations will release patches and updates is as a result of perhaps somewhere else in the world having been picked up a breach or a possible leak that can expose you. So hence the need for you to make sure that you're staying up to date with, uh, with all the software. Um, number two, um, something could happen. And as a result, you need to have a strong backup plan in place in order to make sure that you can retrieve your data um, in case something goes missing, in case someone gets into your network and be able to get back to a state of operational excellence as soon as possible. Now, okay. um, I, I'll example, when I joined OpenText in January, um, my, my car was jammed and my laptop was then stolen um, out of the boot of my car. Um, uh, within 12 hours, um, having uh, uh, gotten a replacement laptop, I was able to quickly get back um, to speed. But what we were also able to do is because my laptop had an agent belt in, we were able to wipe off or trigger uh, a wipe off mechanism if anybody opens up that laptop and tries to connect with that onto the, onto the internet. Okay. So you need to make sure you've got in place for yourself and all your devices um, or for your, of your employees. And then finally, the most important factor that we need to do as organizations is ensure that we invest in our people. This is a culture change. It's a culture of ensuring that you watch what you click and you also understand that should you pick up that something has gone wrong, what are your next steps clearly, who do you contact, and how do you go about um, mitigating the risk from it spreading all over the rest of the organization. These are things that you need to ensure you're doing as an organization and as individuals. Uh, that's brilliant advice. Just out of interest, I mean, you look at a company like OpenText that you guys bought Carbonite, there's a lot of people doing similar stuff to what Carbonite are doing. Why specifically did OpenText buy Carbonite? Well, um, um, I'll, I'll gladly give you a, a, a couple of examples why and um, um, just cement the reasons why this has been quite a great investment from an OpenText perspective. So I start by saying that OpenText um, has about 14,400 employees today globally. So right. we're, a, we're, we're a large organization. And... Um, um, while we all spread across these different organizations, we, we concluded the acquisition of Carbonite in 2019, which doesn't leave us a lot of time uh, between 2019 and when we got hit by COVID. But during that time, to give you an example, we were able to deploy across all of our organization's employees, um, remotely deploy um, uh, the Carbonite solution onto all of them. So to, to heighten security in the organization. And the reasons for doing this, or, or rather why we went with the, with the, with the Carbonite um, uh, offering is um, the time it took us to deploy this, we were able to do this very quickly across all of these, uh, of these countries and all of these employees. The ease of the deploy, you know, um, um, nobody had to do anything um, uh, from an end user perspective. It was all handled by the head of IT in our organization. And it pretty much ran there like a silent baby at the back without anybody even noticing what was being done, basically. Um, there's also 
a huge focus. We're, we're a data organization. You know, we, we specialize in managing data and information, etc. Um, one of the things that we pride ourselves in is ensuring high security and integrity. So we needed to have something that's got strong encryption um, and Carbonite checked all of these boxes. Yeah. So I would say the relationship and how we view Carbonite um, as an organization is it's a great investment. Um, but it's also um, um, top of the shelf in terms of um, security for, for our clients. Okay, makes perfect sense. Gee, you've got a lot on your hands there, Tabi. So, I mean, <laughs> this, this world is a crazy place at the moment, and you've certainly highlighted uh, how important security is and the, the different layers. And, you know, um, you've actually pointed out to me some of the stuff that we kind of miss. You know, we, we think it's there, but it's not always there. We need to check, double check, triple check. You just cannot afford to take chances in the world that we're living in today. Fascinating chatting to you, Tabiso Latswayo, Solutions Consultant Manager for OpenText Africa. Thank you for your time and thank you for that uh, security advice. Uh, I've certainly learned a lot of things and I'm going to be applying a lot of things. I mean, a silly thing, for example, Tabiso, is the patches. You know, I, I just, just as you were talking, I said, I haven't checked and applied patches for the last few weeks and they're coming in so frequently that you cannot afford to miss them. You know, one, you miss one patch, it could be destructive. Exactly, Aki. You know, um, it's, a, it's, it's these little things that we don't take notice of where someone is sitting there watching these networks and they're able to see exactly um, who's susceptible to, to be yes. broken into. They'll, they'll seize the opportunity to attack. So you need to ensure that you cover at all times. You need to ensure that um, your employees are covered at all times because the breach will most likely come through one of your employees into your network. Um, and yeah, uh, 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 it's, it's a real pleasure talking to you, Aki. And um, as an organization and as a representative of Open Text, I look forward to having further chats with some of the clients who might pick this up and want to chat to us going forward. Thank you very Looking much. Looking forward to it, Tabiso. You take care of yourself and uh, good luck going forward.